Welcome to episode 54 of A Shot of Business Central and a Beer Podcast. We're back with a power-packed episode, bringing you the freshest updates from the world of Business Central. Join us as we dive into the latest Business Central information, Ken's top five significant enhancements in the 2023 Wave 2 release, and Michael's top five productivity features for new Business Central users. And, of course, we'll be talking about the latest advancements in the AI, exploring how it's shaping the future of Business Central and, you know, just life in general. So grab your favorite brew, settle in, and let's get rolling. We made it to episode 54, my friend, and uh, we're going to be drinking some good beer, a beer that I've actually never had, but what's you, new with you? You're making me happy, man. <laughs> I love the pun. <laughs> we're going to be drinking some Red Stripe today, so some a Jamaican lager beer, so looking forward to that. Happy to be here today with you, talking, we got a, some new exciting, it's always new and exciting stuff here. Hopefully. But, some uh, real new and exciting stuff coming up. Yeah. Otherwise, we're bad at our jobs. <laughs> but yeah. first, the beer. Yeah. It, you know, it, it does have a skunky smell to it for Red Stripe. If anybody's ever drank Red Stripe, drunk Red Stripe, I don't know where it's yeah. I've never had it. It does have a little bit of a skunky smell to it. Yeah. It's like a, like a yeah, classic uh, lager, like Heineken or Beck's. Like some, something like that, yeah. right? Comes across like that. So I figured, you know, after I think last month you brought in a, what was it? A peanut, peanut butter, butter, peanut butter beer. a peanut butter stout. <laughs> I said, you know, we just need a, a classic beer here, something, but you know, we this is our first Jamaican beer. So, or maybe our first Caribbean beer. My first, yeah. Our first, first one on the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's my first, first one ever though. First Caribbean beer. I probably have not had a red stripe in 15, 20 yeah. years. See, when I was younger, the smell of this is what steered me away from drinking beer into drinking more uh, mixed drinks, let's yeah. say, harder alcohol. Yeah. The smell, if if I would not taste the beer if, if I didn't know what, I guess, beer tastes like. If I was yeah. 21 or, let's say, 16 and yeah. want to try your first beer yeah. and it smelled like this, no way. Yeah. <laughs> but the taste is surprises i like it i like it you know when people you know you see those like i don't know if they still have them anymore but like you know skunky beer commercials skunky beer face or whatever i like it yeah i like it the taste is really good the flavor the smell i kind of want to have a big cigar right now as a matter of really yeah cigar smell yeah or cigar taste like like enjoying a nice Mm -hmm. big cigar as I drink this, I can always do that. And I don't know if everyone's familiar. We can't obviously show this through the audio, but like the red stripe, it comes in like a uh, what do they call this? Like a little squat. It's kind a of like bottle. a short bottle. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like an elongated, elongated hand grenade. A little squat, like yeah. a. Now red stripe, though they're no, they were iconic. I don't know if it was 15 years ago or for the commercials. Do you remember their commercials? The hooray commercials? The Jamaican bobsled team? <laughs> no, but like the Jamaican guy would jump in and somebody would be doing something bad and he'd say, Boo, drink. Well, I can't do the accent, but and at the always at the end it would say, Hooray for Red Stripe. 
And the, then they finished with the slogan, which was "Drink responsibly." No, I I don't you remember. remember. Oh, they were iconic. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, um, they were really really good commercials. Yeah, so it's a pretty low. It's a, you know it's a typical lager beer, four point seven percent alcohol, so pretty low. I call it a session beer today. Call it um, a session beer. Session beer, yeah, it's what they kind of refer to, like a like a a beer that's typically like a stronger, like an IPA that's maybe usually seven percent or eight percent. They'll make a session version of it, which is the same flavor, same flavor profile, except maybe only four or five percent alcohol. Yeah, Hmm. like all day a founders all day IPA is a uh, lower abv ipa and it's called really? all day ipa you could drink it all day that is lower in theory alcohol. you know for me it's like three or four hours and i'm probably not <laughs> <laughs> about all day but you three know four hours more minute. than two right <laughs> yeah let's put it that way um one of the things that we i you know we saw is that there's a lot of unbeer advocate a lot of uh Eight. <laughs> yeah, not unexpected. It has a poor ranking. Yeah. Um, but we noticed the word butterscotch several times yeah. on several reviews. Are you picking up a, a sweet nope, butterscotch? Not, not at all. I mean, it, it's definitely got a little bit of a sweetness to it, but I'm not getting a, a butterscotch. I kind of, I kind of get a little bit of corn. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know why, but a little bit of corn. Yeah, I yeah. got that and too. Then, then the grains, beer taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah grains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I think earthy, but almost kind of like a butter Bud Light. That right. sweet corn kind of yeah. lager flavor. Yeah, but no, no butterscotch. No. Um, and then your favorite, uh, Justin Oobs from Pennsylvania. I'd like to drink with this guy. Short <laughs> and simple um, response. It just says. Tastes like a skunk's ass. <laughs> I don't agree with him. I uh, the smell. Yeah, it's like a skunk yeah. ass, but Skunky. the taste. No, not the taste. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I got a feeling Justin Oobs is a is a heavy stout porter guy, oh, or, yeah. or you know, Justin imp- likes his beer. Imperial IPA, yeah. one of those kind of. He likes his beer. Got it. So guys. let's see. Red Stripe says that the tasting notes are full bodied, crisp. Smooth post palate sensation, full bodied. I don't know if I agree with that. Crisp, absolutely smooth yeah. post palate sensation. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very smooth. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I don't think I agree with full bodied. Yeah, but well, considering in the last five minutes, I'm already almost two thirds done. It, it goes easy. Oh, yeah, because I'm easy. <laughs> I anticipate a strong <laughs> rating on this at the end of the day. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. So what do we got in store today? Oh, well, the usual, right? We're going to bring you the latest business central news. And then we're going to introduce a a new segment called, we're just calling it right now for top five, where Ken and I are going to bring you uh, top five uh, things of of something that we think you should know. So today, Ken's going to do top five. We're doing a double feature in the introductory top five segment. Yeah. Tell tell me what you're going to be doing your top five on. Um, I'm going to show the top five most significant features being released with 2023 Wave 2. Yeah, so for all you advanced Business Central users, Ken's segment's the one for you. Right. <laughs> if you're not as advanced and you're a new Business Central user, I'm going to be bringing you the top five, my top five productivity, product, productivity tips 
man, easy for you to say here. Yeah. Productivity tips that'll help you out, uh, using business central. So, and then after that, we're going to go right into what seems to be the most popular thing around lately. AI with our AI snack type set. Certainly is for me. I'm looking forward to some chips and guac. Oh and yeah. Pico de gallo. Pico de gallo. Absolutely. So let's jump on into it. Let's do it. All right. It's time for the shot of business central segment. And uh, we got, we got some news for you today. Hopefully uh, some things that you'll like. First off 2023 release wave two has begun being deployed and released and and, and and all that stuff, right? Yeah, previews available. I haven't seen any production environments being, uh, you know, it's late, late, late October here. None, no BC online environments being updated yet. Uh, production environments. Gotta happen soon. Then. But I saw maybe I get, we did get some emails that said like around like November fifth or sixth, somewhere around there. But then they said they're postponing them. So who knows? But soon. I think, I think one of the interesting things, and you can talk more about this. You mentioned it to me, is that when we went over all the the new features, there was what fifty, sixty, maybe in July, right? And, I, and you recently recounted them. Yes. And there's yeah, hundred plus. Yeah, hundred and almost one hundred and twenty. If you go to the uh, the what's new and planned page uh, on on Microsoft Learn, you know, yeah, or whatever, and um. I, I was scrolling through the list and I'm just trying to get more information about some of these features. And I noticed that it's really long. So I actually counted them and it's, there's almost double the number. Now, some of them I think are, are they're listed in two sections kind of because it, up. because it relates to maybe two different things that the same feature relates to kind of two different areas. But but even within development, for example, there, there's a long list. Now, really? maybe they broke some pieces out separately or they added some new stuff in there. But it is, uh, yeah, there's well over 100 new features coming out. It's a pretty big release. That's awesome. Yeah. And some pretty significant changes as well, which you'll, I don't want to. You'll be talking about yeah, later. We'll hit in the top five. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, let's see. Version 4.0.9292 for iOS and Android has been released. Uh, they've added support for the latest mobile operating systems, updated inter internal components, and fixed minor issues. Also, tell me data search, barcode scanner, and worksheet pages have all been added to the app. So I'm, I'm glad they're finally making us improvements to the app. I feel as if the app hasn't been touched in four years. Uh, I think the tell me feature is huge, right? I think a lot of people are going to love the barcode scanner as well. So if I have an app on my iPhone or my Android tablet, mm -hmm. um, as long as I'm regularly applying the updates, yep. I should have had the a recent see update in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to go manually do it yourself every time. No, as long as you have your. I mean. Yeah, like you said, applying the regular update or have it set scheduled to update automatically. Yeah. Once it updates. When there's an update available, it you should, yeah. Utilize it. Yeah, but there's no going to the Microsoft website, downloading anything or whatnot. All right. Microsoft now supports only three active business central versions of on-premise, version 21, 22, and soon to be 23. 
What um, about 14? I was going to say, a lot of a lot, some people listening might be saying, what happened to version 14? Basically, the mothership of, 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 of migrating from, you know, pre-14 or NAV to Business Central. So the beloved version 14 ended with mainstream support on October 10th this year. Wow. Which is huge because, right? I mean, if you're, you plan on updating or whatnot, now's a good time to upgrade. Yeah. But you can't really bridge with the objects to Business Central 14. You've got to go full yeah, and, and, Yeah. And you know what? I, I think um, I, I appreciate the fact that even after Microsoft changed their business, um, sorry, the support life cycle for Business Central from five years to 18 months, they did continue to support version 14 and, and provide updates for that because knowing that is a, a, a version that people, a lot of people have moved to 14 as that bridge like between yeah. the old NAV object version on, of on-premise to the new BC extension-based cloud version. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, really good to take. And, and, and really at this point in time, uh, probably there's, I would say there's probably not going to be very many people who are running an old version of NAV who would want to go to 14 anymore. If they're just starting out on, on a time. project, yeah. right? Um, certainly there's a lot of people that are probably running Business Central 14 yeah. now who are planning on now moving to yeah. extensions and upgrading. And I think a few years ago, even partners probably pushed for a lot of a lot of customers to move to Business Central 14 because they didn't have the experience with extensions. They didn't feel as comfortable using it. That's all. Oh, I'll yeah. What over. was what was the service for BC Online going to be like? Exactly. Was it going to support 100 users, 200 users? Right. right? There's a lot of there was a lot of yeah. questions. So, safe just safe from. You know, and rightfully so. So yeah, definitely made sense as a as a great interim kind of stepping stone to get to BC online. So yep. Um, and then I um a couple updates. I, I just got back uh late last week from the Dynamic Community Summit conference in Charlotte, North Carolina. So um, kind of my summit, summit, first of all, just kind of some facts and figures on this conference. Um, there were about 5,500 total attendees. So pretty big, pretty down, big. Down a little event. maybe? Uh, down from 2019. Which was like 7,500 or something. Maybe, yeah, maybe seven day thousand, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But, um, but, but way up over the last yeah. couple of years. Um, and they say they, they estimate that's approximately 4,500 end users and a thousand partner oh. attendees. Um, uh, 650 education and training sessions, over 200 sponsors, um, over 50 Microsoft, about 50 Microsoft speakers from different areas like product, engineering, executive leadership, um, and so, you know, just some good old getting together and networking and, and whatnot. Yeah. My kind of my key takeaways on it um, would be I would say there's there's two things. One, Microsoft's main theme. Right. And I think and, and their theme in general, if, if you've watched or seen the uh, what was it, the dynamic um, launch event. Oh, the applications. The, yeah, the Microsoft Business Applications launch event that they held. Microsoft's 
two major themes are one, AI co-pilot, and two, power platform. Yep. So that's the content. That's the message they're pushing right now is incorporate power platform more into your environments, yeah. uh, pushing partners to create content, pushing customers to use it more. Um, and that was the theme at, at Directions too. At Summit. Or, sorry, yep. Summit. That was the theme at Summit too, pretty Correct. much. Correct. Yep. And then, yeah, they, you know, they have the yeah, same playbook, deliver the same message. Yeah. yeah. And then AI and co-pilot and how they're putting that into all the Dynamics products. Let me ask you a question. From an end user's perspective, is something like a Summit as beneficial today as it was, let's say, five years ago? And I say that because today... You, right, we live in a uh, in an information age where mm-hmm. you can access almost anything you want online. Mm-hmm. Is what's the is the benefit really in the the asking questions on the spot when somebody's doing something when you're in a session? Yeah, because I'm imagining most things you can find online that people are presenting. Okay, I'm going to answer your question, and I will answer your question. But let me start with this: for me personally, the conference was not as beneficial as it has been in the past. Oh, really? I felt like it was kind of just ho-hum. And here's why I say that. Because Microsoft has really stepped up their game in communicating the plan and details of releases to the community. Right. So if you're like me and you're regularly paying attention to what they're saying and and going to webinars and looking at the what's new and what's planned, there was I I already have a good feel. They're doing a good job, right, of communicating. Yeah, there's no real major news. Which five to ten years ago was not the case. So when you go to these conferences, for someone like myself, I always felt like I this was my opportunity to really sit in a room with the people at Microsoft and get the inside information and be able to ask questions, right? But I kind of feel now they're doing such a such a good job that for me, the it was marginal benefit. Gotcha. Now for an end user, I think these conferences are still hugely important. If your role is really pushing your organization's advancement of Business Central, to be able to get out of the office for three days, or however long, and and focus, be able to kind of clear the other stuff out and focus on Business Central, what's new. There's over, I mean, hundreds of content sessions yeah. on Business Central on everything from fixed assets to power platform integration to apps and, I mean, development. So, so to, to kind of kind of clear your mind and focus on this and kind of strategize with your coworkers, network with people mm-hmm. and have fun. Right. Right. You're, you're drinking and eating at the expo yeah, yeah. hall. You're going to the NASCAR event, you know, you're having some fun and it's a nice, nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think these conferences are here to stay. Um, oh yeah. Are they, sure. you know, are, is everyone going to always go? I was just know? wondering if, if, if they're going to have to, I don't know, change it up a little bit, right? Because it sounds like from a partner perspective, because I remember five, six years ago, whatever it was, you didn't know if like Nav was having a new release this year. Like nobody knew. Right, (laughs) right. You just had to wait. And and what was the plan? What's going to happen? We hear these rumors and what's true and 
what you're you're changing the whole licensing model or the whole pricing <laughs> yeah. model um they're just now you're aware of it at least we're aware of it and we understand and, and it's pretty clear so but but i i still think um you know it's, so do you it's think sorry beneficial for users so do you think going forward that microsoft's gonna have as big of a presence because I, I always think that microsoft's big presence there is kind of for partners in general right i mean you got the sessions led by experts as it is already for for the end users but i wonder if microsoft's presence will be as big in the future then uh i i think it will remain important because i think it's important it is important for a lot of these seems like a lot for of a lot of the end users to see microsoft's investment in dynamics yeah that's true too right that to show and and to be able to see some of these people who are responsible like we had like mike morton and yeah. others on the development team explaining their plan and their process and some of the you know some of the new stuff um it is uh and be able to see what's what's on their mind um it is i think i think still beneficial for users so nice. and next year uh next fall uh they announced that it's going to be um i think also october kind of similar week uh, mid-october in san antonio texas that's good so so yeah they're trying to space them out then you know, there's what two or three major conferences a year. Yeah, the other, yeah, the other one, the other big one for for BC. It's not as large as this conference, but uh, Dynamics Con. Yeah, uh, seems to be growing each year, mm -hmm. and they did a nice job putting on a putting on a show last. And directions too. All directions. Directions is partners. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's your third one. Yeah. So. Nice. Any more? Yeah, just the last little piece. Um, you know, there there was a formal hour and a half long Microsoft business applications launch event. It's a virtual event um, where they had about, I don't know, a dozen different speakers demonstrating solutions that they've built, mostly using AI and Power Platform, yeah. which, is, which is their theme. Um, but just for us Business Central fans, I got to the end of the thing and I'm waiting. It's uh, I saw on the thing it said Mike Morton, Business Central General Manager, whatever his title is, and I'm I'm very excited. And I I figured he'd be at the end just because I saw the the way they listed the speakers that that he should be coming up, and then it just said thank you for attending. Yeah, and I was a little bothered. Like, yep. what do you mean? Where's Mike? Business Central getting treated like a, well, a jailbird or something. If you <laughs> click up, there was a pre-recorded, apparently, it looks like it might have been a pre-recorded segment uh, that he did. You have to, if you click up on the thing, you can see these, it's about a seven minute um, thing where, where he talks about, you know, what's new and, and some of the things. And I just to share, a couple, just to share a couple of the notes that he, he mentioned in this um, is that he said they... There are now over 30,000 Business Central online customers. So companies that are, nice. are up and running on Business Central online. 4, 000, over 4,800 Business Central apps on AppSource, almost closing in on 5,000. Um, there also, you can now monetize apps on parts, Partner Sorry. Source. I don't know if you mentioned this, but that's uh, my own little throw in there. Yeah, nice. That's yeah, that's free. Um, in over 160 countries, right? And when you look at, when you think about 2023 wave two, their <laughs> focus is on core functionality, number one, which I like to see as first on the list. Yeah. Uh, AI and collaboration, ease and speed of implementation, and then world-class service. 
right? Making sure it's stable and secure and performs well. Still, where's the love, Microsoft? We want to be part of the Business Central application uh, webinar where you show new integrations and, and how everything works. Yeah. Come on. More. We need some more, more. kind of love. We want more. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. Awesome. 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 Yeah. The monetizing of the apps. Nice. Nice throwing. I read about that. See how that works in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right now I think it's all your you can you can set it up, set up your apps to be licensed based on per user. So that whatever per user amount you want to charge. Um, and and uh, it's kind of all done through App Source and through Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming out, I don't know when soon is going to be per tenant pricing. So maybe you have an app that you don't really want to charge per user. You just want to charge a flat fee mm-hmm. per tenant. Um, you'll be able to do that soon. And then also what they call metered pricing, which is any sort of way that you want to do build your price based off of any types of transactions, for example. So the number of invoices you generate, the number of GL entries you post, whatever it is, uh, you could do that. It's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah. All right. What do we got next here? Oh, top five segment coming up. Top five. Double top five. Would that be top ten? Could be. Can I be David Letterman? Well, you can be Letterman. I'll be Paul Schaefer. Okay. <laughs> we got the same hairstyle. There you go. <laughs> All right. Welcome to our top five segment where we, Michael and I, will share our top five, whatever it is. Um, and today, uh, to kick off our top five, we've got kind of a double top five. So we've each prepared our, our top five and we'll kind of go through it. Michael's going to kick us off with his top five user productivity tips for Business Central users. Yeah, for, for, for new Business Central users, right? So thanks for having me and being a part of the double shot at Business Central top five. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So number one, a lot of people who are upgrading from NAV to, to Business Central might not have a uh, search feature that they're accustomed to using. So number one is locate for me is locate pages and information with the tell me feature. Tell me in Business Central is basically an advanced search feature that helps you do things quickly by making it very easy for you to find exactly what you need. Um, some people nav aren't used to that, right? Nav didn't come with a basic search. In the, function, the right? Windows client had um, a similar search box, but it, it all it showed you was just pages or reports. Right, it wasn't like a global. Right. Search, right? That was something else that I think we felt when it at SSI, right? Or close to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two, personalize your software experience, right? So with Business Central, you could personalize the workspace to see the information that you exactly need when you need it. Uh, you can remove and add fields, hide columns, move columns, hide entire sections, move sections, and 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 so much more. Pretty um, much anything you see on a page, yeah. you can tailor in terms of right. the positioning or display, whether it displays or yeah. not. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Most pages can be uh, tailored. I'm, I'm sure if there's any pages that really can't have some sort of yeah. way of tailoring, even, even the home page, the role center. So, yep. Number three, manage your notifications. 
Uh, you can receive notifications about certain events, changes, you know, whatever it is. Um, but don't don't let it get get out of hand, right? So just manage all your notifications. It's simple to do. I'll include in the show notes a step-by-step uh, instructions to turn notifications on or off, and you can control when they're sent to you. And when you say notifications, what we're referring to is an alert within Business Central that tells you that something is going on, right? It could right. be a uh, low stable. inventory warning or customers over their credit limit, right. um, those types a of things. A bunch of different things, yeah. And, and if you get tired of seeing those or you don't want to see it, you're saying there's a page where you can go. Turn and, it on or turn it off. Yeah, or, it's not applicable to what you do for work, for your yeah. job. And you're still getting those notifications and somebody hasn't turned them off for you or whatever. You can go. You can go in there and turn them off. Yeah. Turn it off. It's really under the My Settings page, so it's not, not too difficult. Number four is something that I think is completely underutilized by a lot of people, and that is keyboard shortcuts. Mm. I don't think a lot of people use the keyboard shortcuts for Business Central that are uh, all, the, all the keyboard shortcuts that are available. Um, you know, there's so many, like... Uh, you can you can alt q to open a table alt shift w pop out a page i have this entire uh diagram or picture or whatever showing you all the different keys that i'll include in the show notes to you know make your make your day and the work go a little bit quicker by just not you know what do they say if you're not taking your hands off your keyboard you're you're, you're doing things a lot faster than you could be all right last definitely not least number five Optimize your report and documents layout view. Um, you know, business central users should know the importance of having accurate reports, but oftentimes they overlook the importance of having the data arranged correctly on the reports. Um, you know, business central allows you to control however you want to arrange the data. You know, I believe you can change font type, size, color, images, whatever it may be. So Definitely take advantage of that so that you can accurately read your reports and documents and, and, and whatnot. All right, with that, that's my top five. I don't have any bonuses. I stuck to the game plan. There you go. I'll pass that along to Mr. Ken Sebahar. Yeah, no, that's a good list. Thank you, Michael. I think if everyone um, just, just utilized those things right there, right? Those are kind of the basics of maximizing your experience when you're using Business Central. Yeah. A lot of people think that you just like, oh, this is how it looks. This is how it works. These are my choices. Um, but there's really a lot of configuration and setup that the, each user can do yeah. in there. So. Especially if you're a new user. Yeah. So, okay. Right, Ken, what do you got? All right. So my top five list for today, I'm going to focus on the top five most significant new features coming out in 2023 wave two for existing users all right so you kind of were focusing on new users you're focusing on experience i'm focusing users. on existing users people companies that are already up and running you're using business central every day uh and then here comes this new release coming along what are the top five things that you are going to be able to use immediately to improve your life every day all right Let's hear it. Okay. Are right. they in any particular order? Just one through No four. particular order. Okay. Um, so the first one has to do with, I'll call it reporting or data insights. And what you're going to see is on every list page, there's an analyze toggle button on the ribbon. And 
what this does is it converts your list page, let's say an item list page, into a virtual pivot table style report built into in the Business Central user interface. And it allows you to basically kind of do Excel type pivot data in right in Business Central. So you want to see your total balance due for all customers in a certain uh, you know responsibility center. You could set those filters and and, and view your customer on that an analysis view and see the totals and it adds the totals to the bottom for you. It's pretty cool. So, you know, there's just, yeah. Wonder how long it's going to take to actually build it. You know, before you had to, you could do this, but I mean, you had to, you had to take the data you were looking at, open it in Excel and then build that off of it. Now it's just right inside business central. So it's cool. It's a lot of promise there. Yeah. And I think back to uh, when we interviewed Mike, Mike Morton about a year ago mm -hmm. or so, and he was talking about some new features that they were going to be building in and and like yeah. like these wow features that you're going to be like, wow, that like that's awesome. Like that should yeah. have been there before. Like, but and it, this is a good example of kind of leveraging all the Microsoft products to kind of together. So uh, that's cool. The second one, number two, also reporting related or analysis related is there there are um if you go i forget which role center page it is um it, it it's uh, uh the business manager is one for sure that has it but i think the accounting manager is another one that has it uh there's a little button on the top on the ribbon that says excel reports mm -hmm. and there's a list um currently there's about seven and they're all kind of financial reports trial balance ap aging ar aging there's like double or triple the number in the new release. But not only do you run the reports and it opens the data in a nice clean Excel spreadsheet, but they also build pivot tables and put the field slicers onto the view automatically for you. So as soon as you open it, you can slice and filter the data uh, in Excel upon opening it. Who needs Power BI? <laughs> so, um, so those are those are both reporting. Um, but again, it's kind of like you know, users, right? All this data is in the system, and that data is meaningful and and is important. So, being able to not only get to the data but also analyze the data efficiently is huge. So, those are that's number one and number two. Number three, something that if again, if you're you're an existing Business Central user, this is probably maybe this will be your number one thing is going to be the ability to add any field that's on the table onto your page view. Currently, you know, someone at Microsoft decides which fields should be available for users to personalize or configure onto their onto their pages. Um, now there's going to be this ability to add any field. Caveat to this, from what I've seen in the preview, you can, this is useful for those people who are configuring role centers. Okay. So someone who's configuring, let's say the inventory manager role center, 
they can go in and configure and add maybe any column they want onto the onto an item list page, for example. But you cannot do that through personalization. Really? With personalization, each user is still limited to only the fields that have been made available uh, to them. That's really interesting. So if you want to add extra fields now, is it just through extensions? You have to do an extension today, okay. right? If that's it's a field help. that's not already available. But now you can go into configure uh, as like a role center manager. Yeah. And you can say... Uh, add add fields and it pulls up the list of every single field. It also tells you which fields it recommends that you not add to the page. Like, cause there's certain fields that are maybe like system fields or things that could really? be misleading or confusing to a user that they're like, maybe you shouldn't add this one to there, but you still can. Yeah. Um, but they kind of tell you which ones are suggested fields versus non-suggested fields. You're right. That might be number one. That's huge. That could be number one. Yeah. Um, my number four is a new page called uh, Search Company Data. And what this is, uh, it's called Search in Company Data. And it kind of looks like a Google search page or Bing search page, should I say. And um, you get a little text box on the top. You have to type in at least three characters. And what it does is it searches through all of the data in your system and shows you the results of every type of every record and type grouped by type of record that has a match. So, for example, if I in my demo environment, I type 1000 into the search box, I hit go within one, two seconds, I got back customers. I see one customer, a datum corporation then posted sales invoices. And I see three posted sales invoices. Again, it found it over in the customer number. I see several contacts. One, it's in the phone number. One, it's in the address. One, it's in the contact number. I see general ledger entries. I see customer ledger entries, vendors, vendor ledger entries, items, and so on. Now you're like, how is it searching? Is it going through every single ta table in the whole database? Uh, it is not. Uh, if if under the on the page, if you go, there's a little option to show tables in search, and what you'll see is that the list of tables that it's searching through is different for each role center. Really. So if you're in the if you're the accounting manager role center, it's looking at things like general ledger entries, posted purchase invoices, maybe bank racks or bank entries. If you are in the if you're the service manager, it's looking at service items, service orders, posted service shipments, right? Manufacturing, it's looking at production order data. So the, what they're trying to do is make it so that those, whatever your role is, that's the type of data you're right. going to be searching on to make, to streamline it, it a little bit. Um, do you know if that can be changed? Yeah, you can go in under actions and say show all tables oh. and then add whichever ones you want really? to to any role. Yeah. So it's basically, it's it's like a character search, right? It'll search characters in any, yeah, wherever these that three characters put it anywhere in, in any field. At least everything that it finds with those characters. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. How cool is that? Think about customer calls up. Common like, example is they go, where's my order? Yeah. 
and you go, oh, do you have your sales order number? And they go, no, I, I don't. I have my PO number. It's PO1234. You open up the company data, search a company data page. You type 1234. And it'll show you everything. It shows you everything. And, and the reason that's important is because that still could be an open sales order that hasn't shipped yet. So you would see it under sales orders. Right. Or it may have already been shipped and been invoiced, in which case it would be under posted shipments. Yeah. And then you could open the posted shipment, track the package, and tell them, oh, it should arrive tomorrow. That's a good feature. That that could also be number one. But it's interesting to see that they're taking like from Word and Excel where you, you know, you, you find whatever it is and it, it populates everything with those characters. So yep. Nice. And my last one is not something that maybe each end user is gonna love themselves personally, but as an end user, it is gonna make the companies more efficient. This is the it's it's one of the development changes and it's the ability to open Visual Studio code from the web client in a production environment to troubleshoot. So today, that doesn't exist. If you have an error in your production environment and you call your partner and your partner, you say, what's the error? They cannot debug that code to try to identify the source of the problem. Instead, you'd have to create a sandbox, a new sandbox that is a copy of your production. And then in a sandbox, you could go in and turn on debugger. Hmm. So the ability for a for a, a support technician to diagnose and troubleshoot issues in a production environment in real time with no impact on performance, because that's the key. You, oh, you used to be able to do it. And, and it would drag performance down because it's now logging everything. Microsoft has stated that there will, there's no impact on the performance of that environment when you want to go do troubleshooting in that production environment. So I think it's it's not something that, you know, for developers, e for each end user yeah. that's directly impacting them. But if you do have an error, <laughs> it means you're going to get a much quicker, res you should get a much quicker resolution to that error. Absolutely by being able to debug that in, in a production environment. So there's a lot more. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to stick to my top five because <laughs> you stuck to your top five, but there are a whole, there's, like I said, over a hundred new features in this upcoming release, Crazy. which is a ton. And I think some really significant ones. Um, I didn't mention a couple that are really more related to onboarding and setting up the system. Mm -hmm and some yeah. features and functionality there, but I wanted to stick to existing users, you know, our loyal podcast listeners who are benefiting just right now. They're, they're logging in, they're going, what? <laughs> we, we love the new users too. <laughs> we love them all. That's why you focused on them. Yeah, yeah, you gotta show some love. All right, well, it's good. That's both of our top fives. Very interesting, liked it. Um, next up, the popular segment AI snack time where we get to, uh, well, at least where I get to dive into a brand new snack. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Ken's already here. I may or may not have opened the bag already. Ken, it's AI snack time. And uh, you brought in some very addicting snacks that yeah throughout the entire u.s people love and go crazy about what'd you bring us we got some nice thick tortilla chips el rancheros uh you know we're, we stay away from those thin 
wispy little yeah. you know, tortilla we, chips. We want manly chips. Right. <laughs> and then uh, we got some mango salsa. Well, with the mango themed salsa today, just cut thought maybe that's a Jamaican Caribbean style. Jamaican style stuff. It seems like it should be anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. And then some guacamole from the Bahamas. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, from Jewel. <laughs> yeah. Either way, phenomenal. <laughs> so yeah, some good good little snacks here. We kind of realize how hungry we are once once we. Busted. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's hunger or if it's, you know, like the old Pringles commercials, once you pop, you can't stop. It's just, yeah, it's addicting. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is for sure. All right. So for Microsoft AI news, I saw that uh, Satya Nadella released his annual letter to shareholders and it was it was pretty lengthy. And I sat there and I read through read through all of it. And like everything else, Microsoft these days, most of it was focused on AI. Nine, nine, at least 90% of Why didn't you give me an opportunity to guess what most of it was centered on? I don't want you to say power platform. It hurt, you know, <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> but most was AI, even when they talked about power platform was AI. So what I did is I pulled out a couple paragraphs here and there, statements, whatever, that, you know, I thought were kind of interesting that, that, that I'll go through. But if it sounds, you know, like I'm reading it, it's because I am. <laughs> so, all right, first, they said that we will maintain our lead as the top commercial cloud while innovating in consumer categories from gaming to professional social networks. Uh, second, because we know that the maximum enterprise value gets created during platform shifts like this one, we will invest to accelerate our lead in AI by infusing, here's this one I thought was interesting. We will invest to accelerate our lead in AI by infusing this technology across every layer of the tech stack. And finally, we're going to continue to drive operating leverage, aligning our cost structure with our revenue growth. So with this, just to start out, if you had any idea on what Microsoft's plans were with AI, they're going to, you know, they're all use in. it. Yeah, they're all in across every every tech stack you, you can think of. So, yep. And I know in our world, uh, you know, the dynamics world, it's it is through the co-pilot product, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's their we're seeing those features getting reviewed uh, across that. Yeah. Sadia also said there's two breakthroughs coming together to define the new era of AI that I wanted everybody to know. The first is the most universal interface, natural language. Second is the emergence of a powerful new reasoning engine. So not only, I think right now we're used to AI with the natural language, right? It's just, Mm -hmm. you can talk to it and say whatever, but it's going to have the power to reason. Um. So it says that for years we've digitized daily life, places, and things, organized them into databases. But in a world rich with data, what has been most scarce is our ability to reason over it. This generation of AI helps us interact with data in a powerful new ways, from completing or summarizing text to detecting anomalies and recognizing images to help us identify patterns and surface insights faster than than ever. Have you seen AI that recognizes images and things like that? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I saw a thing, and I don't know how common how common this is or who, if, where I saw this exactly, but basically, I've seen where if you give it a, a picture of like a web page, for example, um, or or like a mock-up of a of a page, you actually can have present that into like a co-pilot and a development environment and have it write the code to build that really page. Yeah. With those fields on it. Oh yeah. That's pretty amazing. Speaking of co-pilot Satya says that 
our belief is that you will invoke a co-pilot to do all activities that you're used to doing and more. So basically to shop, to code, to analyze, to learn, to create. So let's see what else we got here. Um, every customer solution area that they have in tech stack is going to be reimagined for the AI era. And that's what they've already begun to do. Mm -hmm. To help people learn more about AI, they've launched the first online professional certificate on generative AI in partnership with LinkedIn Learning. So you can actually go get an AI certificate now if you want to be an AI specialist or whatever. Sure. Uh, let's see. They've held their first AI community learning event in the U.S. These events will then the this learning event is going to finally be replicated around the entire world and going to be localized in 10 different languages over the next year. Mm -hmm. So they've partnered with other people to launch a generative AI skills grant challenge to explore how nonprofit, social enterprise, and research or academic institutions can empower the workforce to use this new generation of AI. They released their governing AI blueprint within the last year. And the governing AI blueprint basically has five points. I'll go through them real quick. First, implement and build upon new government-led AI safety frameworks, which I have not read the frameworks by the government on what the safety is for AI. No one has. I don't know. <laughs> Second, they have to require effective safety breaks for AI systems that control critical infrastructure. I'd say if I could expand upon that, I would say they should require effective safety breaks for all AI systems, not the, the ones that just control critical infrastructure third well, transparency would be nice on how they provide those results yeah they got to get the bugs worked out first probably <laughs> third is they got to develop a broad legal and regulatory framework based on the technological architecture for ai fourth is ken's favorite promote transparency and ensure academic and nonprofit access to ai there you go Fifth and finally, pursue new public-private partnerships to use AI as an effective tool to address the inevitable societal challenges that come with new technology. I think that one kind of scares me the most. I don't know if I want AI addressing societal challenges mm. because of new technology. I don't know if I want anybody telling me how I have to think, to be honest with you. Yeah, I say that. Yeah, that's my Microsoft AI news, and I've got a little bit... AI world news. I don't know if you got anything from Microsoft. Well, yeah, let's let's yeah, a little, little bit more on Microsoft specifically before we dive into right. general AI stuff. Is um so you know, Microsoft recently announced their 2024 fiscal quarter one results. Right. So and I was you know, watching and quite a bit on like news shows like Bloomberg or CNBC, you know, they they talk about, um, you know, Microsoft's earnings and is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Uh, what are they going to say? Are they monetizing AI yet? Right. And, and my point is everything, all anyone talked about is AI. What is where are they at with AI? Are they monetizing AI? How much are they? How much is AI? Blah 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 blah. But just to show you, and, and and meaning that's that's the future, right? When people are looking at the future, that seems to be all people are looking at, which I guess makes sense. But just to put it into perspective for people, these numbers are just shocking. Listen to this: for the quarter, so this is three month period, revenue. Sales 
was $56 billion. Five, six, right? Good number. That's a pretty good number. And that's up 13%, which again, a company this big that is growing at 13%, that's pretty good. Now, this is the shocking number. Net income, bottom line profit, $22.3 billion. Amazing. An increase of 27%. So the profit doubled relative to the increase in sales. So love to know why. Well, they just did a big cut, uh, big cut uh, layoff. Oh, that's right. Back yeah. in the, a couple, you know, earlier this year, like ten thousand people or something. Yeah, quite a bit. So maybe that has something to do with it. I'm not sure. Right. I, I I don't know. I'm speaking out of turn. I don't know exactly. I didn't dive through the financials. <laughs> However, you know, when just just so people, when you say, okay, the future of Microsoft is based on their ability to monetize AI. I, I do agree with that, but put this into perspective. Their net income was $22 billion on $56 billion in sales. Do you know How what? How much of it was AI? That is, that is a almost 40% net profit margin on sales. Huge. Huge. I mean, Huge. an astronomical number. Yeah. So Microsoft is doing very well kicking ass across many different areas and yes ai is an important part of the future but in watching the the news and the media and the you know experts you know they made it seem as if like if there was any sort of delay in the ai that the company was doomed you know you know i and i don't think if I had to guess, I I almost would say AI has probably been more of an expense than a so-called asset, whatever on that on with that revenue, whatever. Because how much money have they made from AI yet? I mean, well, they're just starting to charge. You're correct. You're right on. Right. Meaning they've invested all this money in it. Right. Are they now starting to reap the right. rewards? The future and and book the problem and book some revenue right. off of that huge investment that yeah. they've made, and that's what people are looking for is to see. Yeah. But I don't know how they're. Maybe they are going to break it out specifically. But if it's across all the products, I don't know how unless it's just that skew that they're creating. You know, it's thirty dollars per user per month for the copilot, oh, and if that covers. Copilot for everything. Um, I think it might. might. Maybe that might, and that might be the answer. And what, and 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 they might publicly disclose uh, how much revenue is associated with with that. But I I don't know. But I just found it really interesting uh, for a company as hugely successful and profitable as Microsoft that that it was like everyone's on on egg sitting on eggshells waiting to see how are they executing AI. You know, and it's happening so fast, so quickly. So, the expectations are that we went from zero, you know, a year ago, right, right, to to yeah, uh, a, yeah level ten, right? Everybody talking you know, about it, not yet. The moon. So you buy on Microsoft stock? <laughs> I'm I'm an owner and a holder. But yeah. are you a buyer now? Another. <laughs> yeah, not today, but um, yeah, maybe maybe I should be. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was just a little bit more. I wanted to kind of 
you know, I figure I figure it's AI related because it was absolutely the, the 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 future of the company seems to be so directly tied to the success in executing that. Yeah, I think if AI hits the way they seem to think it's going to hit, that those numbers are going to increase four or fivefold. I mean, it could be if it's as big as everybody's talking about, right? Bigger than the internet, bigger than who knows. We'll see. Yeah, we're going to see. We're going to see. All right. So all I got left in is some AI world news that I thought was a little bit interesting. A couple little points. First is several so-called AI godfathers warned that the technology could easily go rogue since no one currently knows how to reliably align AI behavior with complex values. So that could be could be kind of crazy. Hmm. Nobody wants AI to go rogue. And then second or last, I guess, uh, what's being billed as the world's first AI safety summit is going to be held on November 1st and 2nd at Bletchley Park, the UK's infamous World War II code-breaking center. Are you by? Are you are you sold on AI yet? No. You think it's inevitable though that it's going to be infused in every single industry? It's not going away. It's, it will become more and more infused in all different types of products, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, I think it's going to take a lot longer to, to change. And um, I think when you talk about people adopting AI, like everyone's going to use AI, there will be a, probably the largest segment I believe, of the largest segment of people, the largest number of people that, that yes, will be utilizing AI without uh, uh, really trying to. They, they, they're using it and they don't know they're using it, no. or they're just using a product, but that product has it in there and they're not aware of it, mm-hmm. but it's what's making it work yeah. so well. Yeah. Like that type of thing. So, so when they say that everyone's going to be, it's going to be in every part of everyone's life all the time. I think that, yeah, maybe like is my coffee maker going to tell me when it needs to be cleaned or something? Yes. Okay, maybe. Um, but am am I am I like buying that unit because it has AI and it tells oh, me it right. needs to be cleaned? Probably not. Right. So that's what I mean. Like I'm a, yeah. I'm a relu- not a reluctant user, but a right. unintentional I, user. I think most people are going to end up using it, not knowing they're using it through their phones. I think right. phones are going to start hitting, you know, adding it to whatever they do, however they want to. Um, I saw this stat globally. AI is expected to um, kill 400 million jobs, but it's expected to add 90 million jobs for AI. Does that sound right to you? Um, yeah, the issue, possible issue with that is what type of jobs. Well, yeah. And didn't break it down. Well, that, I'll give you an example. That, like for, that's the issue. Like, you know, oh yeah, you're going to need a lot more, uh, very, very highly skilled technical people to, to work run. on this and run it and mold it and whatever, yeah. but you're going to need maybe a lot less, um, you know, lower skilled labor jobs. And what's the impact of that going to be? Huge. I saw somewhere in Texas that Amazon, they're going to actually have their first 
um, AI infused uh, warehouse up and running to where they claim that it's, it's going to be AI assisted by people actually going to help the robots do the the picking and, and whatever for, for the city. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, we'll see. I think if that actually works out, one, Amazon's you know, revenue stuff going to go through the roof. But two, you're going to displace a lot of people just doing right. that job. It's going to be interesting. Well, and I don't know how much how much does each of these robots cost? Yeah. How much I'm does sure an employee cost? cost? Yeah. I, you know, what, what right. that, how long what's that to break even? The number, yeah. Yeah. If I had to guess, I would say it's probably five years. Yeah, probably. If I most, had to guess. Most, you know what I mean? I would yeah. guess, yeah. Especially right now when the technology is expensive and, you know, everything yeah, is going to be more and more cheap as time goes on. Yep. But, well, all right. It's time to rate the beer. And and you're actually, I'm going to cheat with you. I'm going to pull up my sheet. Caught me off guard here. Yeah. You're not going to believe as this beer gets more and more warm, I'm starting to get this taste that I can't believe it. I can't believe that. Let's do. Let's dive into. It. Let's talk about it. So as this beer gets more and more warm, well, first I was telling you earlier that I'm getting like a menthol type taste when I was drinking it on, on the aftertaste, or whatever. Now, as it warms up, and I might be crazy, I'm getting like a root beer kick. Wow. Yeah. So maybe it is a little butterscotchy, but it, but more root beerish. I, I don't know what it is. Mm. Not the mango salsa. <laughs> no. No. This was before that. This is, this is on the, at the end of the first one. Maybe that is the butterscotch that we were Maybe. talking about. Just for the record right now, Ken's looking at me like I'm crazy, everybody. He's like, <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Root beer. I mean, it's beer. It's got the word beer in it. Yeah, I'm telling you, when it warms up, I get a little root beer flavor. All right. Well. My palate is expanding in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. What about you? you All right. So I know. Yeah, I got my number. So at zero to 100, I'm going to rate it as an 87. 87, huh? Yes. So to put that into perspective, uh, I ranked a, a Modelo at 88. So not wow. as not as quite as good as a Modelo, but better than the Asahi Super Dry Japanese rice lager. Yeah, which I didn't drink. You put that at 86. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's see here. I got Krona Extra 96, Summer Shandy 94, Omega Haze. Oh, no, that's IPA. October 5th. Um, I'm going to go with oh, – I like it. So I'm, go, I'm going pretty high. I, I, I'm going I'm going 90, Ken. Okay. I'm going 90. All right. I like this beer. It's really good. And the, the the flavor palette I don't know, keeps changing as as I keep drinking it. I'm not I'm not a fan of the smell though. I don't like the smell at all of it. So if I can get away with not smelling it but drinking it, I'm uh I'm liking it. Yeah, I'm going ninety, a solid ninety. I I got a little fun fact for you here. I don't mean to drag out the podcast longer than we need to here, oh. but let me do a little bit of data mining here. It's a it's a hot 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 keyword lately. Oh wait, no, hold on, forget it, forget it. I I I messed up. I I was looking at the wrong column. I thought you had a bunch of nineties out here. Uh, you don't. No, not for loggers. No, you don't have many. So you're you're good. It's all it's all good. Yeah. User user error. <laughs> now I know you watch that 
that uh that uh business apps thing today they talked a lot about data mining and they, they used that keyword a couple times right yeah <laughs> all right well that's the end of our show so everybody share it like it we'd appreciate it and uh keep sticking around listening to it ken bye bye as we end today's podcast we want to give a big thank you to everyone who listens shares this podcast and leaves us reviews you've taken a good amount of your time out of your day and we truly appreciate it Thanks again, and uh, don't be afraid to email us at marketing at solsyst.com with your tips for the podcast, or maybe you'd even like to be a guest during an episode.